0: This podcast is called Obsessed. Joseph Scrimshaw and his
1: guest get some secrets off their chest. You should listen. It's the best. Hello and welcome to Obsessed with me, Joseph Scrimshaw. I'm sitting in my home with a great guest, the permanent guest for Obsessed while we're having our inside adventures and who knows, maybe beyond. It is my wonderful wife and partner, Sarah Scrimshaw.
0: Hello, I'm Still happy to be here. <laughs>
1: Thank you for still <laughs> being happy to live in our home together. Our weekly check-in, checked out. That's great. So we're going to do something uh, different this week. Uh, we've definitely talked about my obsessions before, uh, and you have sort of led that. But pretty much from here on out, you're just you're going to lead the hell out of this podcast, and you're going to talk uh, me through one of my obsessions and see how obsessed I am.
0: Mm-hmm, that's right. I am sliding on over into the driver's seat, <laughs> and I am going to take the wheel.
1: All right slide into my interview dms i
0: guess (laughs) um okay so today we're gonna talk about visual art
1: yes we are
0: but a (laughs) doom i I like the noises we're gonna have noises (laughs) okay uh could you start by providing an overview of what visual art means to you
1: (laughs) your interview style so far has suddenly (laughs) you're such a good business professional that That tone suddenly made me feel like, hey, is this a job interview? Oh no, <laughs> oh no. Uh, but that that's a great uh, a great question., uh, yeah, visual art is a fun thing that I was interested to talk about because it was a huge part of my life. and I think I would still consider myself obsessed with it because it feels like a big part of my identity. But I haven't done a lot with it uh, lately, but I'm hoping to do some in the future, which is why it's on my mind. Big picture, it's, the, it's my entry level to being a creative type person. It is the first thing that I didn't think about. I just did, as many kids do. I, I don't think I was extra pushed, you know, given pen or paper. But it's like er, some of my very earliest memories are drawing pictures of Robin while watching a rerun of the Batman uh, 60s television show and it's the kind of the first thing that adults commented on it's the first compliment i remember is mm-hmm. somebody going oh wow you can draw good or I a mean, teacher saying you're a good drawer and i remember even as a kid going is that a word <laughs> <laughs> but i was told from a young age that i was a good drawer and then it's a thing that i uh pursued uh, through a ton of my life uh going up through college where i got my visual arts degree so yeah. that's that's the big picture
0: fantastic thank you we're gonna delve a little deeper <laughs> okay um so, what are your boundaries for visual art? <laughs> if you'd like, I can start with the Wikipedia definition. Oh, please, please. Start yes, because re- I
1: thought you were asking me, like, what's my safe word <laughs> if I don't like a painting?
0: You know, we'll get there. Okay. Um, so, according to Wikipedia, visual art can include design, photography, video, crafts, architecture, and other areas, in addition to the more standard expectation of painting, drawing, sculpture, printmaking. U.S. copyright language, however, (laughs) is much more strict and limits a work of visual art to a painting, drawing, print, or sculpture existing in a single copy or limited edition of 200 or fewer copies consecutively numbered. Similar guidelines uh, apply for still photography. It explicitly does not include maps, charts, diagrams, applied art, motion picture, etc. So... What are your boundaries?
1: Oh, yeah. Okay, well. When you say
0: visual art, what do you mean?
1: I, I think I primarily mean the traditional things, painting, drawing, sculpture. Those are all a part of my degree. But some of the controversy that arose for me when I was getting my degree is uh, is referenced by those attempts to define art. And some of it, like, hey, fine. I get the, like, uh, almost on a more technical level of, like, the number of prints, you know, so people can't claim I don't know. Anyway, the point to me is when I think of visual art, I don't think of a motion picture because I think that's a different kind of art. I think a motion picture is thousands and thousands and thousands. Every frame is Mm -hmm. a piece of visual art to me or can be. Um, So I really do think of it is in my heart and soul is like shapes and colors and lines and movement and a, a still image of some kind. That can uh, that, that in 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 it's not again like, like a movie isn't that mm-hmm. it's that it's that um on fire, <laughs> you know it's that uh you yeah. know on on drugs I don't know it's you know it's literally the the moving pictures yeah yeah but no, that's that makes about the only boundary I have for defining it uh partially because I I ran into lots of trouble, about in the kind of what is lowbrow, what is highbrow, what is art versus that is illustration and we don't do that here <laughs> and that kind of stuff. So I always want to have an open mind. The, the only reason for me to limit it would be to help in actual conversation and open-hearted discussion, mm-hmm. you know, but I would never want to leave it at like, Somebody crocheted something or somebody did a, what is it uh, the the needle point when it's all
0: like a tapestry
1: like uh yeah or like what is the thing that you're making right now? Oh, cross stitch. A cross stitch, mm-hmm. right? Like for me I guess like oh if it is a uh a cross stitch like you're doing that comes with a predetermined shape. Mm-hmm. Like that's a kind of visual art. I might look at it differently because you didn't decide those shapes and sizes and colors and you're just doing them. Mm-hmm. But if somebody was like Screw it! I'm going crazy. I'm going to try to express what I'm feeling in my soul in that medium. Then mm-hmm. hell yeah, it's visual art.
0: Yeah, yeah, I agree. I would say what I'm doing right now is a craft for myself that I bought from a thing. But yeah, absolutely, I think um, as a fiber fiber person myself, <laughs> a fiber artist, I would not claim to call myself a fiber artist. But I do feel like there are fiber artists. Yeah. Um, and one of the ones that I've just hadn't thought about, and I'm curious. Uh, since you've spent much more time thinking about visual art than I have. Uh, architecture was a surprising one to me to be on that list. And yet in some ways it makes sense because it is kind of like giant sculpture.
1: Yeah. And yeah. you are
0: creating a form and, you know, a lot of the things that you listed. But how, where does that fall on the um, the spectrum for you?
1: I wish uh, even more architecture looked like visual art. And I mm-hmm. think it doesn't because money and time and honestly sometimes people wanting to deliver what is expected by you know if, if i think if you're building something and you don't want to spend a lot of money and you want a straight-laced business structure mm-hmm. then you make it but other than that like yes it's all about style and flow like literally how people move through it it's about the energy it, it could be you know a cool lobby could be a hundred different paintings depending on where you stand if it's constructed. That way with like negative space or where, you know, a, a, a specific window is at a different shape. And how how will that interact with a, a pole or like some great architecture that knows uh, that is mindful and includes what is seen outside the window. So that's a mm-hmm. part of the composition. So if you just look at an oddly shaped window and through it, you just see, you know, an old uh, flower mill across the way. Suddenly that's a composition and that's a little painting by itself yeah so yeah i think more more architecture yeah i wish that humans were in a place to spend the time and the money and have the creativity as a society to make almost every building a a piece of visual art
0: yeah yeah that's great that and as you say that i realize like uh, frank lloyd wright all about you know compression and release like that's the entire aesthetic behind a lot of his designs which is totally a visual art aesthetic so yeah um, yeah
1: yeah and i think it get, is, is i hear my own opinions coming out of my mouth yeah. i think for me maybe a, a definition that i would struggle toward is is it using any of these tools that we know to be visual art uh to express something Mm. And I think that's like the difference between doing a a cross stitch that you create versus I'm doing a pattern Mm -hmm. like you're create you're recreating a picture you like, but are you expressing something of yourself in doing it, you know, Mm -hmm. and I think architecture can certainly express energy and mood like a lot of places the goal is to feel open and flowing. Yeah. And you want people to be like feel like they can flow through the building and they you want people to feel like they belong there. Or sometimes you want a part of a building that feels like you're going into the private area now and only you should be there, or that kind of mm-hmm. thing. You know, it, it is about evoking a feeling.
0: Yeah. That's great. Oh, thank you. Thank you. This is fun. <laughs> it's fun interviewing
1: people, isn't it? It is. Sometimes it they so say much. crazy crap.
0: <laughs> oh, I have all sorts of new opinions I didn't know I had. <laughs> Uh, So, speaking about art, but also speaking about the artist, I'm curious about how you're influenced by the art versus the artist. And I have a very specific question, because I know you. Um, I know that some of the artists, um, creatives that you like in other genres, for example, Frank Sinatra, David Lynch, have also made visual art. Uh, How do you, do you feel like you like their visual art? Um, And is it for the art itself, the artist, the person? Yeah. What's your relationship
1: uh, I, I really like Sinatra's art uh, because it is clearly a side of himself that is there, but is not expressed in the music as much. Mm-hmm. I mean, he does. He's done some like weird clown paintings. He's done some like kind of uh, very fun, very playful, uh, purposefully simple, almost childish like still lifes with flowers. He's His favorite color was orange and he does th- these big blocks of strange orange color. Mm-hmm. And I think for somebody who spent so much of their life being a popular artist and, and that was the definition of, you know, he, that's what he wanted. It wasn't, he wasn't pushed into a box. He wanted to make popular music and he got to have a lot of artistry within that, but it was still like if the records don't sell, if the movies don't sell, well, that's it for old Frank Sinatra. Mm-hmm. Uh, you can see in the paintings, there's that concern is removed mm. and it's this part of this artist. That's not at all. doesn't have to worry about the commercial. Mm-hmm. And of course, because he's Frank Sinatra, paintings are insanely expensive uh, for the little bit that I've looked into. Mm-hmm.
0: <laughs> we don't own any. No, we don't yet.
1: <laughs> Someday. Uh, but yeah, I think different the, the different kinds of art can bring out different sides of people, mm-hmm. if that makes sense.
0: Absolutely. Is there an artist uh, that works in a non-visual art form that you would like to see what type of art they would make?
1: <laughs> oh, wow. Uh, yeah. You know, this is so weird. It's maybe because we have a Captain America picture above us, but what came to mind is Chris Evans.
0: <laughs> Fantastic. <laughs> uh,
1: I like Chris Evans as an actor mm-hmm. uh, very much. I think his portrayal of Captain America is great, but he popped to mind because he is somebody who in who in his interviews, he always seems consternated. Like every once in a while, he'll just now, it's like, ah, I think I'm done with acting. and yeah, I'm going to direct. You know, but then he keeps acting and Mm -hmm. like when he's interviewed about interviewed about his acting jobs he's always like ah i screwed that take up and they wouldn't let me do another one like so he's this person who clearly has this roiling energy inside him Mm -hmm. so it'd be cool for me to see that expressed yeah Uh, especially uh, a person like that (laughs) i swear i'm not stalking chris evans it's uh (laughs) It's because I, I have gotten interested in him because I like his portrayal of Captain America so much. And I've asked myself why mm-hmm. he he is somebody who from the outside looks like he has so many of these stereotypical things that we would all want. He is a successful actor. He is stereotypically attractive. Uh, he is uh, appears to be very charming and likable. Uh, he's made a couple of dumb comments and he's immediately apologized for them. He's great. Mm-hmm. And yet almost every interview with him is like, I don't know, I'm falling apart. Did I, did I screw that up? Here's a picture of my dog. I'm sorry. <laughs> so there's something about him that immediately jumps to my mind of like, if you had no other concerns but just expressing yourself, nothing else, what would end up on that canvas?
0: Yeah. Do you think he would put something up like, say it was like, you have to do a gesture drawing. He'd be like, ah, or it would <laughs> take him like 10 years to make his masterpiece.
1: Yeah. The the uh, Oh, Yeah. I would love to see his like a, a, his attempt to do a, a good painting of himself as Captain America. That would be great <laughs> <laughs> and see what it uh, what it turns out as. Yeah. Uh, yeah. And then y- did you mention Lynch? I, I, saw I, did, con- I yeah. did. Yeah. Yeah. And Lynch is one of those people who was basically just like he's also started as a painter and a visual artist. And, and he's still probably as we speak, he's doing that in the studio he has in his garage in mm-hmm that's an interesting thing too because it goes with lucas as well and lucas and lynch are obviously huge influences uh for me and they both see film as an utterly visual medium like Mm -hmm. at some points when he was grump extra grumpy lucas has said like the dialogue's fine but you can just watch star wars because it's a it's a visual story and lynch is just sort of like yeah these are absolutely paintings that move
0: yeah interesting well they would have a different answer about whether video is uh visual art or not perhaps
1: maybe but i mean maybe not i mean yeah yeah maybe no
0: that's that's interesting i had forgotten that about lynch and i actually didn't know that about lucas
1: yeah it's really fun to watch if you uh have studied visual art and obviously i don't mean to be elitist about it but there are a lot of shots in in the third season twin peaks in particular if you pause them it's just like That is absolutely a painting. Not that that's true, not true of a lot of film, but Mm -hmm. it's just clearly a concern of his.
0: Mm -hmm. Very interesting. Thank you. Yeah. Um, (laughs) So I decided we'd start with the non-visual, I mean, they are visual artists, but um, of other visual artists who are not also necessarily other creatives, uh, do you have a favorite visual artist?
1: Uh, I like Degas a lot. Mm-hmm. Um, just, again, kind of the energy and movement. And I like a lot of the thicker line work because that is a that's the line work is the thing that comes that uh, is the battleground of illustration versus, you know, proper art. Uh, at least what I experienced when I was uh, in in visual art. Mm-hmm. Um, and then um, I like Hopper a lot. Mm. Edward Hopper. Mm -hmm. Uh, Yeah, I like the absolute mood of those pieces, and uh, that a lot of his paintings happen at. They're not about just moods, but they're at locations that should be full of life, but people are clearly feeling lonely and wanting. There's like, there's one of the um, like a a page at a theater, clearly Mm -hmm. like not involved in the performance, and is like a performance person i'm yeah. so fascinated by those spaces in the theater a, a place that is built it is a cathedral to interaction and energy but i'm fascinated with moments in my own performing life where i'm just a corner off stage and i can be totally in my own world or uh you know i've got to be in shows where my character is knocked unconscious or napping mm-hmm. and you're just lying on a stage while all of this world is going around you yeah and so i i'd like hopper for that because he not a Not only do I find his work just really uh, beautiful and evocative, it it relates directly to this unique feeling that I've had and thought about of what is it to be totally alone in the midst of this space that is all about not being alone.
0: Yeah. That's great. I love that. Oh, thank you.
1: (laughs) (laughs) I like how, how much validation I get after every answer. I need to do that more for my guests.
0: Um, do you want to go into uh, illustration uh, versus art? Oh, sure. Line drawing a little bit?
1: Sure, yeah. I mean, that was my experience uh, with visual art in general. Um, but it, like I said, all through growing up, it was something that was people were nice to me about. Um, when I went to new school, I, I changed schools a lot. The, the one school that was particularly bad for it every horrible stereotype of people treating me poorly because I didn't have fancy enough clothes and I you know had the absolute hubris to talk out loud about liking Doctor Who and, and gave me a really rough time that year. The beginning of the year, we were assigned to draw a skeleton, a life-size skeleton, and one of the biggest a-holes, as it turned out, buddied up to me and pretended to be nice to me so I would draw the skeleton. And the second the skeleton was done, was just like you ripped the plastic mask off. It's like, ha, ha, and just started being an asshole for the entire <laughs> rest of the year. So I have all these these life experiences that is extremely ingrained in me, yeah. uh, that visual art is is what I was doing. Um, and then when it got time to go to college, I was also interested in writing tiny inklings of, of performance, uh, but that was just kind of the trajectory I'd been on forever. Uh, so when I got there, it was like a great experience to sort of open my eyes more to more traditional ideas of drawing and painting. Uh, but to get to the line thing and actually answer your question, uh, I so much of my visual art was maybe I'll be a comic book artist. And so much of what I loved about visual art was comic books. Mm-hmm. You know, to, to this day, one of my favorite visual artists is going to be uh, George Perez, uh, who drew the Teen Titans, you know, John Byrne and Frank Miller and all these other people who had really evocative art that is – Sometimes shape-based, but mostly th- there are lines. Mm-hmm. Um, and once I got into... So you, I, I took like introductory classes and that was all about learning, you know, quote unquote, the way you're supposed to do it. And then you start getting into the second and third year and it's express yourself. And I had a, a teacher that I liked and he was nice, but he pulled me aside eventually and said, you're being an illustrator. You're using lines and you have sort of visual characters who pop up in your paintings repeatedly. Like they're like your little stock characters. (laughs) And that's, I mean, you're good, but you're not a real artist. If you do that, you're an illustrator. So you should stop that. Wow. Yeah. And this was a a person I really liked. Yeah. I went to a karaoke bar with him and (laughs) and because he knew that I liked Frank Sinatra. (laughs) Yeah. Like he was nice, but that was the prevailing truth of visual art that anything with a line in it was illustration and therefore lowbrow.
0: Interesting. Do you think it's still that way? Are you no connected idea. enough anymore? Okay.
1: No idea. I mean, I, and I think the, the uh, I, when I was in college, as you well know, I discovered performing more. Mm-hmm. Uh, I often try to give the short explanation of my discovery of performance is I enjoyed doing the painting and drawing, but it they take a lot of time, paintings and drawings, and you have to be very precise and uh, specific at least the way I was trying to do it and trying to learn and I discovered that sometimes my favorite part of the whole process was not actually physically rendering the illustration but we would have our class reviews where you'd have an assignment and you'd get to put it up and then you would get to describe it and it was I didn't really realize that it was time it was a stage and it was just like I would make things and go like, ah, I can't wait to say this joke about my painting. (laughs) Uh, And that uh, is part of what uh, led me into theater. But I think being around that is one of the many experiences in my life that made me feel that that highbrow, lowbrow tension, that I wasn't going to be good enough for somebody unless I had this magical breakthrough, Mm. unless an important person looked at me and said, this is the new way. It it all felt very Emperor's New Mm Clothes of... Um, this is Emperor's New Clothes isn't quite the right uh, metaphor, but it, this is bad unless someone important suddenly says it's the hot new thing. Then it's not bad anymore. Mm-hmm. And that is the way of many um, I think creative things. Yeah. You know, certain, like you pitch a TV show that somebody was like that's not the way TV's done. But if there's a big hit with that exact concept, then everybody wants to do television that way because it's a hip new breakthrough. Mm-hmm. And I think I felt that. I think I felt it was like it's a one in a bajillion chance that I can just do art the way that I like and I will find that level of success where somebody important enough says this is good
0: Mm, yeah yeah
1: does that make sense it does thank you
0: (laughs) thank you I just wanted to get a little bit more on that we'll come back to your art but I want to jump into um other people's art for a moment what draw you've talked a little bit about this but what do you find over the years draws you into a piece the most is it the form is it the content is it if you find a sense of humor in it
1: uh i think it's it's literally if something like when we go to museums Mm -hmm. it's literally if something makes me do like almost a comic double take if something in it feels like it is crying out Mm -hmm. uh which sounds kind of pompous and weird but it really is uh it, it i like energy and and movement so if even if it's very still, it feels active. It feels like it could crawl off the, like, like it's a real moment of motion Mm -hmm. that is truly, truly captured. Um, And then I think it's just anything that is off, you know? So what I mean by off is you look at it and you go either, what's the rest of that story or that feeling that's coming out of that. I feel that, but what is that feeling called? Why do I feel it in that painting? Anything that makes you want to start thinking more about it. Mm, Yeah. You know, because sometimes I'll look at things and go, that is perfect composition or that is, you know, amazing realism or that is a great example of, you know, cubism. Perfect. Mm -hmm. Good job. (laughs) But I but I don't feel that what's going on? Mm. Who made this? Why? What's that feeling? Or, you know, you, you know, things that invite you to keep looking at it because it it, the composition perfectly traps your eyes in the energy where you're directed up here but then the thing up here directs you back down and gets you in kind of a perfect circle where you feel like you can't escape it yeah all those kind of things yeah
0: (laughs) I, i i love that and i know that feeling so well of just like a piece grabs you you at least for me i don't have a visual art um background or vocabulary but there's certain pieces that i just could really happily sit in a gallery and a museum and look at for an hour and it'll be one that like years later big hmm but what was that rowboat under that tree (laughs) what did that shade of green really mean or like what was the story behind that Yeah. yeah 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 at least for me those are often the ones like what are the ones that i find myself thinking about later or that i get drawn into and i don't know why
1: yeah, yeah. I remember an early trip uh, that you and I took to a museum in London. Mm-hmm. And I remember, uh, you know, visual art hadn't been a major part of my life in a little while. And it was really fun to see this and, and to see, you know, some kind of bigger paintings that I'd never seen. Uh, and I got really excited. And I remember asking, you can tell me to shut up, but can I composition-splain <laughs> and, and tell you why this is working for me so well? Yeah, And it I was remember. really, really fun. <laughs> it was
0: No, it was fantastic because it's not... I, I, I like art from a, a layperson perspective. I do not have, um, that is not a skill that I have at all. I can draw vaguely passable stick figures. Um, when I was in seventh grade, I could draw a thumb. I was thrilled. It was the first thing in my <laughs> life like i have ever been able to draw that looks like what I was supposed to. Um, and I love going to art museums and looking at them for what attracts me, but I don't have any of the, um, have gained more over the years partly thanks to you, um, but, you know, didn't have any understanding of composition or why a piece might speak to me. And I love hearing why things speak to other people. Yeah. Also. Yeah.
1: Yeah. Because sometimes you you don't see it right away. when somebody else points out what they see, Mm -hmm. then uh, you see it too, which is great.
0: Yeah. Yeah. Or sometimes a piece will grow on you over time.
1: Yeah. Mm -hmm. Yeah. Yeah. One of the other, my other favorite paintings is called The Allegory.
0: Mm, mm-hmm. and there are
1: multiple versions of it and I, I remember I got to do the extra double comic take because we saw the two different versions in two different museums when we were in Europe mm-hmm. and it is it's a it's a man and a woman who look stressed maybe uh, intoxicated in some way and they're interacting with a monkey and then when I just saw, it's got a lot of things I love but then when I just saw it was the allegory like oh okay <laughs> <laughs> this is going to present lots of mysteries yeah yeah
0: Yeah, well, you've led nicely into my next question Oh, excellent. Monkeys? Uh, No, you're a writer. Would you like to write the content for descriptions that go next to the pieces of art in museums?
1: Oh, yeah, I'm fascinated with that because I'm really torn about it because sometimes I've seen something where the description has this uh, fascinating friction Mm -hmm. with what is there. Um, And that was a thing that would get discussed and debated... Uh, in some of the visual art classes I took as well about whether or not titles were important or mm. if the image should stand by itself. Yeah. And I think I like the titles because the titles are a chance to basically either be the setup or the punchline of a joke with the image itself. Because if you give something a surprising uh, title, it, it will make, or in description to your question, it will make you look at it mm-hmm. entirely differently, right? I mean, and that's part of what liking the allegory. is like, mm-hmm. okay. But if that was like called, you know, it, obviously it wouldn't have been, but like dinner at my mother's, you, you know, you would go, <laughs> okay, what does that mean? So yes, I would love to. I think that would be like a great comedy experiment yeah. to just have an exhibition that said, that was called New Titles. I mean, it's basically just kind of an internet meme, but it would be great to just like take paintings mm-hmm. and give them to uh, creative types who who don't know the true history of the painting, and create entirely different uh, titles for all of them.
0: Yeah, like titles, maybe backstories. Yeah, and yeah. some of
1: them would match up. I mean, this, it's just an internet <laughs> meme, but taken into the uh, fancy halls of the art museum, would, art world would be would be great.
0: Right. What about if if we had more art in our home, would you want us to have descriptions, complimentary descriptions next to, you know, our, our poster of Captain America here? Would you like there to be a...
1: Yeah, absolutely. With the year and the artist. And yeah, that would be great. I would love that. Yeah, we've got a fun... Uh, it is a... Uh, from inside the world of Captain America, the first Avenger, a... Uh, touring poster uh, when he was forced to do the sort of uh, dog and pony show as Captain America. Mm -hmm. Uh, So that would, yeah, that would be great.
0: Yeah. And we could change them around. And sometimes it could be like, this is where it was made. But other times it could be, you know, a little bit of a humorous backstory or.
1: Yeah. Yeah. Man upset because he is not reaching his full potential, which is like the truth (laughs) of that scene. But you put that next to this and you're like, and then you imagine somebody without the context of Captain America, the first adventure, seeing this 200 years from now going the hell is this about
0: right and beautiful. then a lot of times they have history context on it you can be can like referenced in the 2020 obsessed podcast about visual art
1: yeah yeah along those lines one of my favorite museum experiences is somebody uh not doing visual art but appreciating visual visual art is when we had to do that speed run in the museum in vienna mm-hmm. uh because it was closing i was there for work and it was uh closing in like an hour and that's mm-hmm. all the time we had B- huge beautiful ornate place but Obviously, there's a ton of this in art history, but it was so concentrated and we had to run by it. It was almost all paintings of women uh, with some men in them, and the women were almost all staring out at the canvas like they were just so fucking done, and a lot of them were very specific with like just kind of some annoying lout, and -hmm. then, like Jim from The Office, the woman staring out (laughs) from this canvas again across the, the vast sea of time and space, just going, God. Damn it. In the overall effect of like wow, a ton of art history is women who have had it. <laughs> <laughs>
0: yep. <laughs> uh so last week we talked about cocktails. Yeah. Would you like to pair cocktails or wines with works of art?
1: Um hmm. Maybe. I think it's getting a little bit more into honestly that my obsession is far more about me doing visual art. Mm-hmm. Um, like I, I like some of these ideas, like labeling them, I get excited about because yeah. that feels like that's a writing task as you, as you said. Right. But the, I, that is, I think a um, a, I don't know, a curse, a gift. I don't know which it is. Oftentimes people ask me my favorite things and I do have favorite comedians and favorite movies and favorite paintings, of course. But I think I am a little bit more jazzed about how can I do it? Yeah. You know, I think um, uh, I, I grew up with an older brother, which is, you know, largely amazing. But because we're like three years apart, mm-hmm. there would be lots of times where it's like, here's this. It's good. And like he, he brought me many things that I love. I wouldn't love half the things if my, you know, three year older brother hadn't presented them. But mm-hmm. I think by the time I was starting to create more, I think it instilled in me a little bit of like, cool, I want to go discover for myself. Mm. and I think that's like that happened in art school as well where there's a little bit of like you should be taking several art history classes and I was like uh, okay but I want to paint and I think once we start getting into things like cocktail pairings then I start feeling like I don't want to run the museum I want to make paintings and put (laughs) them on the walls
0: yeah that's great I mean that's a good distinction to know about yourself
1: yeah and I do think in any art you should be uh, at some point somewhat knowledgeable about it but I also think that that can be a kind of gatekeeping because a you know a six-year-old can make a beautiful work of art without knowing what year Rembrandt died you know
0: right right absolutely well back to you in your art <laughs> uh, what type of art would you like to make that you haven't are there any mediums that you'd like to explore or that you haven't I mean, it, w- you've talked about that you haven't been doing a lot of art recently, but is there anything that you did do before that you'd really like to do again?
1: I just, I, th- I have, I feel like I have this weird, um, uh, I'm not even going to say the number of years, decades are involved, this interruption from the end of my art, uh, experience, visual mm-hmm. art experience, because I started doing more performance and that's largely what led me away from it. But I think also a recognition that I, what I liked about performing is the speed and the movement and the energy of it. And mm-hmm. whether it's a good thing or a bad thing, sometimes I can be very patient, but sometimes in art, I'm restless. Mm-hmm. And even though writing is long process, you're hammering the, the words out. And if you want to, you can start going really fast. And in performance, you're there and you're alive and it's in the moment. And I get restless with things that move too slow and toward the end. And I had done a lot of uh, it it was all charcoal and uh, acrylic uh, paint and some metal sculpture. Uh, I didn't I didn't I like metal sculpture and I didn't pursue it because I it was literally like, where am I going to put these things that I make (laughs) in this class? Uh, But I had started to get to a point where I was using more ink and Mm -hmm. I was using I I finally found a teacher who really supported me Mm -hmm. and said, it's fine if you like lines. Just lean all the way in. Don't just do what you've seen before do something different with lines and I started using like ink in acrylic paintings to do like very minimal outlines where a lot of the energy of the thing is what isn't there mm. and it made me be able to both do it faster which answered some part of my restless soul yeah and also got closer to expressing what I wanted to than sort of slavishly recreating an entire body mm-hmm. like uh, the, in in this era of my life was when I was really getting into older entertainment in particular in college Sinatra and Martin and Lewis. And like one of the things uh, like I, I made some paintings of Sinatra, but like I made a painting of Martin and Lewis that just didn't, that was really expressionistic with mostly just lines and colors, which was just like a part of Jerry Lewis's arms contorted. And then through a window was just sort of like the silhouette of Dean Martin, but he didn't even have a face, but his cigarette was hanging out. And it was like, that got much more to the spirit of like uh, that painting was about me trying to understand why I liked them mm-hmm. and it, it but, but I was able to come in a speedy way and it's one of the things I'll always be a little bit bummed about my uh, because of the way I set up my degree, I didn't have any big final presentation Saturday morning. I had a final art class and then uh, I went and did a show and that was college was over. And so for me, the end of college mm-hmm. was doing, uh, I Had me like a little bit of a touch-up on a painting. I think I finished one in class that day And my art teacher who was really supportive at that time was like Well, you know, we have free labs for people who graduated. So please come back and I was like i'll try and I never did Yeah, and I think this is a very long way to answer your question I don't think there's anything new I want to do. I want to try to Pick up where I left off mm-hmm. And I think it's taken me years and years and years to not feel guilty about this desire for speed because mm. i think i grew up thinking well maybe i'd like to do comic books but that kind of li- little bit of that super ego of yeah but you only really like drawing faces you know you don't really <laughs> like drawing the batmobile and you can't just draw batman you're gonna have to draw random boring pedestrian in a bunch of cars and like full uh, credit and respect to uh to good friends who who do that kind of art and are amazing at it yeah but i lack patience for it
0: yeah i'm amazed at the um the awareness of your superego that would be like <laughs> here's what this entails and you don't want to do all of that like some people are like whatever i like drawing so i'm gonna go do i'm gonna go work in a museum and then discover 20 years later like oh i just wanted to paint i didn't want to
1: <laughs> darn it my super like, ego is very powerful
0: it is it is
1: yeah wow. so i want to get back to doing some very kind of expressionistic, moody things with lines that I can do fast.
0: Yeah. I look forward to watching them be created fast and seeing them. Oh, thank you. And then we can have a little art show here for you um in our apartment and I'll come. Okay, and you can <laughs> label what
1: the painting I won't tell you what they're about <laughs> and you can add the labels. Well, that's just scary <laughs> and dangerous.
0: I don't know. I don't know if I trust myself with that one. <laughs> um what's the you talked a little bit about your inspiration for some of your pieces. What's the oddest inspiration for a piece that you made that you can't tell f- by the final piece?
1: Oh, wow. Um, hmm. Or just
0: one that's a fun story that you want to share.
1: Yeah. So I I I did... I'm trying to remember. Oh, you know what? This, will, this would be the most fun. Uh, because that metal sculpture class, I, I only took one. Um, I burned myself a bunch mm-hmm. because we would weld. Uh, we, we didn't weld. We smelted. Um, and... then you'd use tongs to move things around. Mm -hmm. uh, But then the tongs would heat up and then you would have to, and I always forgot that the tongs were still hot. And so there was a large, basically that entire uh, quarter, uh, I had matching burns on my thumb and pointer finger. (laughs) I specifically remember going to the library in Minneapolis, so taking the bus home from the university campus and uh, that there were these racks where they kept the not-large VHS collection. So I would finish burning myself in metal sculpture, and then I would look at what VHSs I wanted to rent from the library while pressing my burns on the cool VHS <laughs> shelves <laughs> <laughs> in the nicely chilled RV. Anyway, uh, so this is one of the like most sort of artsy experiences I've had in my life of... I can't remember where the assignment... I think the assignment was... Make something out of metal, but then make something out of any other uh, element, any other kind of medium Mm -hmm. to complement it. Uh, Mm, Nice. And I was trying to decide what to do. Uh, Like I said, this was this time where I was really interested in exploring older comedy. And I'd been watching a lot of the uh, I Love Lucy show, which is just chock full of incredibly inventive uh, physical comedy and it's amazing uh, evolution of vaudeville and this aesthetic that there should be music and comedy and drama and, uh, but still like really, really groundbreaking for kind of how big and loud and absurd the comedy was, um, and, in, in Lucy doing it. But I, so I was thinking a lot about Desi Arnaz and I wanted to do something kind of inspired by Desi Arnaz. Uh, and I had a dream where I was in the dream. I was worried about whether or not that was appropriate for me to do something, about kind of somebody from a different culture. And Desi Arnaz appeared to me in my dream and said, yes, do it with the his Desi Arnaz accent uh-huh. in my dream. And I thought, well, now I have to because I can tell that story. <laughs> <laughs> uh, so what I made is I, I made a painting of uh, Desi Arnaz mm-hmm. in a little bit in his old, older years. And it, it wasn't exactly him. It was a little expressionistic. Um, uh, and... Then I made a metal mask that was painted blue, uh-huh. and then I bent a piece of metal into uh, basically a conga drum shape, uh, a kind of a cylindrical shape, because that was his big thing as a band leader, is he also played the conga drum, and I played the drums, and I stretched a piece of uh, painting canvas over it, so it actually functioned as a drum.
0: Wow. So then for the
1: presentation in class, I got to like describe the story while taking everything apart and putting the mask on and playing the drum.
0: And the mask, like, fit you, was a U-sized mask? Yeah. Wow. So you became a part of your own art, part of your own...
1: Yeah. And that might have been the experiment or, or the the assignment, or I might have just went really too far from it. You know, I think about this sometimes, but especially as I'm saying it out loud, I did a lot of stuff. When people say, I did stuff in college I wouldn't do now, they normally mean, like, drugs or sex. I mean, like, when I say that, I mean, I was desperate for attention. <laughs> It's not enough to do a metal sculpture. I need to also play a drum, have an opportunity to possibly sing a song and tell a story about Desi Arnaz. Coming Uh, to you in a dream. Yeah, yeah. Because, you know, I I had good and bad experiences in high school, especially with in high school it was the, you're a creative weirdo, and that's okay. Mm. But that was it. There was not a desire to engage or that that was necessarily, you know, I didn't have a ton of people to talk to about that. Mm -hmm. So getting into college in every class is, 30 people who are all in on art and kind of the weirder the better. Yeah. I think just also made me explode as well as honestly a youthful desire for look at me.
0: Hmm. Yeah, yeah, absolutely. Do you still have those all of the pieces of that?
1: I think I have the drum. I know I don't have the mask uh, and I do have the painting.
0: What happened to the mask?
1: I do not remember. I think there was a point at which uh, I had to get rid of a finally get rid of the piece of a couple of the pieces of the the metal sculpture because they were really quite large okay and, and the the point of that was like don't do this guy was really cool this uh professor he was like all in metal yeah. sculpture you know uh and he would be like yeah if you i think he even said just be aware this this is a profession that takes up a lot of space in your life literally and like in the things he made were these like giant twisted flaming eight foot tall you know yeah so i was like oh yeah I don't know if I'm literally ever going to have the physical space for that.
0: Yeah. Yeah. that's uh, I so hear you because I feel like that's not one I should ever be allowed near because um, I'm very skilled at burning myself. But that's one that I'm always like in my head, never having done it drawn to. Like, ooh, if only I could have like gotten into like big metal sculpture.
1: Yeah. I think you would be good at that, too, because it's about movement. Yeah, big metal sculpture in particular has that utter sense of uh, movement and like we went to the uh, one of the Beverly Hills art shows mm-hmm. um, and there was a particular sculptor there like and every once in a while I see something that makes me go oh damn I, I would love to get back to this and he just had a collection of weird orbs with other you know big pieces of metal wrapped around them like there were you know scarves flowing around this orb and part of it looks like this is the most beautiful art I've ever seen and part of it looks like That's a mind control device from Doctor Who, uh, you know, (laughs) and I love things that evoke uh, all those. (laughs) Yeah. That uh, wide variety of interpretations. Yeah.
0: Yeah, absolutely. Um, Okay, so this next question, it's a little weird. Why not go out there a little bit? (laughs) Um, If you had to put on a hat every time you created a piece of visual art, what hat would you put on?
1: Ooh, oh man, that's hard. (sighs) Something... With like definitely would be it would have a strap, okay. Uh, so it would not uh leave my head. Mm-hmm. Um, you know what? It would be, it would be a very large cone shape, but it would have like a weird twist in the middle, so the cone is going in a different energy, uh, at the tip than it is from the base. Ooh, so it surprises you. Yeah. Yeah, so it looks like if you just start at the face and scan up, it looks like, oh, it's kind of at a tilt, but it's going to be a dunce cap. And then it does like a weird twist and goes off in this energy that you don't expect.
0: I like that a lot. Even your hat is a piece of sculpture. (laughs) Exactly.
1: It's not made out of metal because that was was not comfortable. (laughs) I almost hurt myself, I think. I think I remember being afraid. I'm going to cut my face open (laughs) on my mask.
0: Okay, we're going to move on now to our How Obsessed Are You questions. You know the drill. I do. Do you think about visual art every day?
1: Yes, uh, but I think almost in a subliminal way because those uh, the thing that I did get the most out of the visual art that was um, powerful to me was composition, like the way things are framed, mm. um, color and shape and everything, but also just like uh, framing things so you're, so there's energy and so there's life and so they make you look at things twice. And so your eye goes where you want it to. So I think anytime I look at things, I kind of see, um, I kind of see that with, even if I'm not consciously thinking about it, like I consciously think about it when I'm watching movies, um, probably the biggest visual art expression that I get to have, um, for many years I designed postcards for shows and that was mm-hmm. my ex- in Photoshop. And that was a little bit of my expression. And that was one of the tools cause I wasn't literally rendering it. I wasn't doing drawings. But Mm -hmm. everything about that would be composition of, you know, does this block of text move your eye to, you know, here to this actor's eye line and all that kind of thing. And now, honestly, it's taking photos Uh, and having having the phone where you can take as many photos as I want, you know, that I think about that a lot when I even just taking a cocktail photo, Mm -hmm. you know, or a photo of something funny out in the world, I really think about the energy and like even like if i take a picture of aquaman an action figure of aquaman at target because i want to make a joke i think about his eyeline. you know <laughs>
0: <laughs> i never knew that <laughs>
1: yeah i think about aquaman's island i'm sorry i didn't tell you that in our marriage
0: <laughs> the things you learn uh if you were to get a visual art tattoo mm. what would you get to represent visual art to you
1: mm. i would get a tattoo of a thing i don't know if i've said this out loud But it is a thing that I think about. It is a visual representation to me of comedy is where the way I originally thought of it. But I think it kind of goes for art in general of uh, the way that we as people think when we're kind of not considering things is very linear um, Mm -hmm. and very what happens next and. The world is structured the way it is. We do the thing. We get up and go to work and this is how cars work and this is how food works and just sort of not questioning things. Mm -hmm. And that to me is sort of represented by like a straight line. Mm -hmm. And then if you think of just totally intuitive chaos and whatever, it's just this mad scribble. But then in between there's this like line that has that first goes up and then has a little kind of lightning bolt and then does a little flip in the middle and then keeps going. And it's like. That to me is comedy or creating art where you can still see what's going on. There's intent, but it doubles back on itself and it comments on itself and it moves in ways that if you ask everybody to draw a creative line, everybody's going to draw a slightly different creative line. But it's going to be like that kind of shape, that kind of energy where it's still kind of linear, but Mm -hmm. has some surprises in it. So Mm -hmm. I think about that image a lot. Uh, so I would maybe get like straight line, the squiggly crazy line.
0: Yeah. Where would you put it?
1: Um, probably on my wrist. Mm-hmm. I would have to think uh, because that then your body becomes a part of the composition. Right. And this is some of what stopped me when we've, we've gotten really close. And I say we because I talk it through with you of getting either the uh, the rebel insignia or uh, the Jedi insignia. But placing it on my body mm-hmm. is really hard because your body becomes a part of the composition. And if it's just like, and I know tattoo artists are good at this, but if it's like, I don't want to have that feeling of like, I wish I could adjust it slightly or just <laughs> ah, just change the angle just a little bit because that'll match the, uh, the uh, energy of the movement of my veins better, you know? Mm-hmm. Yeah.
0: Yeah. Nice. Excellent. Um, if in order to look at or create another piece of visual art ever... You had to carry a paintbrush with you at all times, would you?
1: Oh, yeah. Sure. Why not?
0: (laughs) In your hand. Yeah. You know, at all times.
1: In my hand at all times? Mm -hmm. Okay. Because I was going to say I would tape it to my phone and then people would just think that guy's phone (laughs) is broken in some weird way. Okay.
0: That's a good. You know? I'll take that. Uh,
1: But if I had to absolutely carry it in my hand or on my person somewhere?
0: In your hand, but like if you need your hands for safety or something, you can put it in your pocket.
1: Yeah. Absolutely. Okay. Yeah. I think that I would paint more. (laughs) (laughs)
0: if aliens visited earth and you were the first to greet them what visual art would you show to them first
1: Ooh, if the aliens were coming here Mm -hmm. oh wow um my mind goes to the mona lisa Mm -hmm. just because it stands at this kind of it's in the eye of the storm of what is art and what is human's relationship to art Mm -hmm. like it is to me is somebody who is not an art historian, not an expert, as we've discussed. It's, it's a great painting because it does exactly the kind of things that you're talking about of there's that. She's definitely smiling. No, wait. Yeah, no, yeah, yeah, no, no, she's smiling, but what about and why? And it draws you in. Mm -hmm. Uh, So I think it's got some essential. You can just talk about those elusive qualities of painting. It's obviously technically (laughs) a good painting, but then it is, just the this cultural idea of a of what art visual art is that has so taken off, you know? Yeah. And then, you know, when people go in and actually see it at the Louvre, a lot of people are like, It's tiny. What's all the big deal about? It's one tiny picture of a kinda smiling lady. What's the deal with that? So I think it has value in and of itself. And then it has value to tell the aliens a little bit about how complex our relationship with art can be.
0: Mm. I like this. I think you're going to be a good ambassador of the aliens. (laughs) I've had a
1: lot of time to think about it, (laughs) asking other people that question week after week.
0: Uh, Would you stop being friends with someone who hated all visual art?
1: (laughs) Uh, I would not stop being friends with them. I think it might um, increase. uh, I I might not prioritize a hangout. Put it that way. (laughs) Um, Yeah, if they were like, I'm not into visual art, That's fine. Because I think visual art is definitely, depending on how you define it with your Mm -hmm. great definition, I think sort of fine art in a museum can be, uh, we've constructed parts of our culture that that can be off-putting to people. And I Mm -hmm. think it is definitely one of those things of like, I think there are a lot of people out there who would enjoy visiting a museum, an art museum more than they know Mm -hmm. uh, if, if all of those sort of labels are removed. So I think if I encountered somebody who's just like, it's awful, I would would be really fascinated to engage in a conversation and say why and then it's like no i go to museums all the time with my friend and i hate him art is art is dumb mm-hmm. <laughs> never
0: want to see anything in a frame again
1: visual art is dumb yeah uh i think that would uh, i think that would make me question where is that coming from <laughs> 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 that you dislike creative expression and and you know lines and shapes and movement
0: and what can they look at that makes them happy
1: right right, right.
0: If you had to do a set number of push-ups every time you wanted to create a piece of visual art or look at a piece of visual art, how many times a day would you look at art?
1: Oh, wow. That's almost like just asking me if I want to go back to college because I had times (laughs) in college where I was trying to exercise Uh every day. Uh, And in fact, I I had very little space, as we've talked about. So I would have to uh, move my little weights and set up uh, the, my weird combination of chair uh, in bed so I could do, you know, um, push not push-ups, but, you know, lifting the weight above me uh-huh. while laying down. Um, I don't have exercise words. Uh, and then I have to move that out all the way because that was also my uh, space to paint.
0: Yeah. Yeah. I did not mean to bring you right back into your college. no your no. Knowledge. no, I think
1: that would be great. Yeah. Yeah. I mean, that would be like, you know... Painting to not die, you know, <laughs> and then it could just be all of my paintings could be uh, here's, you know, uh, extended life health number two, extended life health <laughs> number 14. Uh, I should probably institute that. Right. This one is so called 100.
0: Hard. This one is called 200. Yeah. Why? <laughs> uh, if a bear was between you and your favorite work of visual art
1: mm. and this
0: was the only time you could see it, what would you do?
1: If a bear was between me and it, Mm -hmm. uh, I think everybody always bargains with this question, so I'm going to bargain. Yeah, go for it. Am I like in a museum and the bear is right in front of it? Or is it like in, is the bear in a doorway? Is the bear facing the painting? What do you think is happening in this moment?
0: I think the bear is in the gallery. There is nowhere (laughs) for you to, you're in a museum. There's Uh nowhere for you to see around the bear. And we're going to be specific here. This is going to be the Edward Hopper. Uh, page leaning against the wall in the theater. Ooh, okay. And after this hour, the painting is going to be taken down off the wall, never to be displayed again. Ah! Uh,
1: okay. I would draw, if I have with me, I would draw a sketch of a bear. Uh-huh. And try to show it to the bear and see if the bear recognized itself and got <laughs> engaged in the in the drawing. Uh-huh. And if it did, I would try to lure the bear away from the painting. Nice. Uh... That's a bit of a fanciful answer. I think th- <laughs> I would try to dart around. Like if it really was, I mean, th- th- that's why this question is on obsesses because mm-hmm. when I'm super into something, I am sometimes not as cautious as I can be. I remember I got a comic book and was on the bus once when I was pretty young and it was a big deal what was going to happen next. Uh, and this isn't really a danger thing, but I got... My mom was like, time to get up, and we all got up, and then I sat back down because I needed to finish the comic, (laughs) and we missed our stop. (laughs) And that is the part of me that would go, just dart around the bear, just for a second, because, like, how fast is the bear? Is it really even angry? I mean, maybe it's just enjoying the art. I would dart around for just a second, Mm -hmm. and then, yeah.
0: Would you try to talk to the bear about the art?
1: Oh yeah, I would love to engage in that. He's like, <laughs> "Do you have opinions about the composition, Bear?" You know what I would ask the bear? Because yeah. I, I just I want to sneak this in. I am rereading um, early New Mutants comic books and one of the greatest comic book artists of all time, uh, I still follow him on tw- Twitter, uh, Bill Sienkiewicz. Um, just what his art was so weird when I first saw it. I was like, "I'm not sure if I like this." And I, my dad is a visual artist, so I even brought it to him. I was like, "Is this good?" <laughs> because it was just messy and crazy. And it, and my dad's like, yeah, it's weird for a comic book, but yeah, it's, it's good. Um, and he, one of the most famous runs of uh, New Mutants is about uh, a young native superhero who is being haunted by a demon bear. Mm. So I would try to draw my best impression of a Bill Sienkiewicz <laughs> demon bear <laughs> to show to the bear and see how the bear feels about that i love that oh yay good
0: would you make a noise to sum up your obsession
1: yeah you ready mm-hmm.
0: okay do you want to describe <laughs> what happened
1: the, that was me running away from my life as a visual artist no uh <laughs> it's it, it, the, the movement the movement the movement the energy is what i carried with me i i def, i did some still life's uh that I really loved in him, and, and am proud of, like mm-hmm. especially some like early classes that were about just just shapes, just charcoal, just gradations of uh, black and white, but mostly gray. And like I did one of my leather jacket at the time, where I just like, oh man, I, I nailed it. It's it's you know good kind of photorealism. So I'm proud that I had those chops at one point that are long gone now. But when I fell in love with it, when I was happy, was when the the space between idea and a mark on the page was really fast. I loved doing the gesture drawings. because so we would have model sessions where you would laboriously draw light, shadow everything, really realism, capture the model. And then you would have like 15 seconds, mm-hmm. you know, like and somebody who would be like a dancer would do a pose and you just capture the energy of that. And that's that feeling of whoosh is what I love about visual art for myself the most.
0: Mm-hmm. I love that. Yay, I'm glad.
1: You can tell me if you don't. Because <laughs> one of these answers is going to be, yeah, that's a crap no, answer. I dislike that.
0: <laughs> um, it's time to rate yourself. Okay. Or more specifically, <laughs> your obsession with visual art. On a scale of 1 to 10, What do you, where do you think you'd rate yourself?
1: Oh, that one is really hard. I'm going to be hard on myself, and I'm going to knock myself down low. I'm going to give myself a 6.
0: Mm-hmm.
1: Uh, because... I do love it. I'm clearly passionate about it. I'm interested in coming back to it, but I did get frustrated with it and and leave it behind largely. I mean, I did other little things throughout, mm-hmm. you know, my career, others' careers to try to <laughs> uh, use the the drawing uh, abilities every once in a while, but you know, I didn't. I didn't go all in. Yeah. You know, I go. This is this is really fun to be on the other side because I I try to take cues off of people about throughout the interview, how they're defining obsession for themselves a little bit and see Mm -hmm. if... Because a lot of times people are gatekeeping themselves. Yeah. Um, And maybe that's... uh, Maybe that's true. Maybe I can be higher on visual art or maybe I just have years and years of baggage of I didn't push through hard enough to stick with it or the baggage of having lots of different interests, you know.
0: Yeah. I think you've been very if i may please um you've been very clear about some of the reasons why you left it put it to the side probably some of it from your experiences but also because you had other things that you were more interested in pursuing but i think it's great how much it feels like you've come back to thinking about it and to the point of wanting to do some of it again yeah and i don't feel like that's a bad sign when an obsession it leaves for a little while or you know and then comes back i feel like that's that's the beauty of obsessions is they can some of them can be lifelong lifelong obsessions even if you're not always a consistent you know i'm always innate. eight like i feel like that's obsessions can ebb and flow
1: yeah okay how about this on a scale of one to ten mm-hmm. one being the lowest ten being the highest it's jumping around every time you look at it there's movement <laughs> Going up and down from six to eight, six to eight, six to eight, six okay.
0: to eight. I was gonna say I need I need some numbers, like otherwise you're just really cheating on your yeah. own test here.
1: For my own definition of obsession for myself, mm-hmm. I think I have to I have to cap myself at an eight mm-hmm. because I I didn't I didn't stick with it. Yeah, as, as and it's there for the way I see the world is the there for how I take a joke photo of a martini. But it's not. It hasn't continued to be. I haven't made the choice to give it the energy that it needs. Mm-hmm. Yeah.
0: Yeah. I I would agree with with those because I feel like it is a lot your um. How you feel about your own obsession, but it is also I can say as your partner, um, hearing how you look at the world and take in the world.
1: Yeah. Yeah. And it
0: seems to affect a lot of that.
1: Absolutely. Absolutely. And maybe, maybe, uh, and speaking of baggage, a lot of this does go to the baggage of my love of visual art came from comic books Mm -hmm. and I'm reconnecting with comic books a little bit more. Mm. And like I said, reading, rereading that new mutants and looking at each panel going, that's, you could, you could just hang that out of context. That is beautiful visual art and, and having that, that push pull of uh that was not the view of many of my (laughs) my professors at the time so even more baggage for me to to wrestle through
0: you've evolved maybe they've evolved too
1: true true and they're they were great yeah yeah
0: well i do not mean to keep rating your rating of your obsession please do (laughs) it's time to move on to plugs and where we can find uh one another or us um on the social medias (laughs) i know where to find you because we're being safer at home right now uh i'll go ahead and start please do you can find me on twitter at sarah underscore scrimshaw that is sarah without an h and you can find me on uh, instagram at scrimstreet
1: Excellent. Uh, and here are some quick plugs for this. And then you're going to ask me some final questions, sure right? You can follow me on Twitter and Instagram is at Joseph Scrimshaw. You can follow Obsessed Podcast on Twitter and Facebook is at Obsessed Podcast. You can also check out the Star Wars podcast I co-host. That is called Force Center. For info on all my upcoming shows and comedy albums, you can check out my website at josephscrimshaw.com. And you can support Obsessed by backing us on Patreon. Full info on that, go to patreon.com slash josephscrimshaw.
0: Okay. It's time for the final questions. Yay. If you're going to describe yourself as a geological feature, <laughs> such as a mountain, a cliff, a lake, what would it be?
1: Ooh, ooh. Uh, I'd want to be uh, a really squiggly river. <laughs> so, like, <laughs> I'm definitely movement. going somewhere, but there's some weird detours. Like, you know when you're, you're like... You have a view of like the mighty Mississippi and it is thundering power that changes the world. But then you'll be up in a plane and you'll see some random little bullshit river that just looks like it cannot decide who it wants to be when it grows up because <laughs> it's squiggling around everywhere. Uh-huh. I, I would like the uh, the movement and the power and the uh, indecision of being a squiggly river. <laughs>
0: Thank you, Miss Squealy
1: River. Let's uh, let's uh, run that one up the flagpole as a name to use around the house, or not.
0: If we had a tap in our car that could release any fluid,
1: what would you want it to release? <laughs> in our car? Yep. That's so dangerous. It's uh, I mean, a trick question. Gas, not alcohol. No, that's bad. Um, liquid gold, because money. <laughs>
0: Great. Great. I'll take it. Uh, finally the final question for everybody on the podcast. What is happiness?
1: Ooh, uh happiness is that uh that feeling of when you're when you're drawing or painting. Uh and you Like, there's some kinds of drawings, like, where, especially, like, with the physical form of, like, you know, you really can kind of pre-outline it and blah, blah, blah. But that feeling when you just, you look at something, and you look down at a piece of paper, and your hand goes, and it is partially planned, it's partially not planned, and then that thing on the paper is that thing in the world that you were looking at, but it is also something totally new and unique that didn't exist a second before, and it is one of those, like... Uh, very uh, powerful and simple moments of creation in something that we can we can all do
0: that's beautiful oh thank you thank you so much
1: yeah thank you do you want to say uh, that is our podcast
0: that is our podcast
1: you've been listening to obsessed joseph scrimshaw and his guest shared some stories with the rest rate five stars if you're impressed
0: What is one of the weirdest experiences you've had because of art?
1: One that sticks with me because it is just uh, totally bizarre is there was a music class in seventh grade, uh, a band class, and I wasn't great at it. And the teacher was real cranky. And one day he he was like, we're going to talk about art. I'm just going to play Peter and the Wolf and you're going to draw pictures of how it makes you feel. And then you'll know how to play it on your damn instruments. Uh, And I drew a picture of a wolf and i was not like an amazing artist but i was a a better artist than some of the other kids and this guy was so weird he came around and he he had disliked me and been upset with me because i was bad at music uh and he was like oh amazing and then he was like stand up it's like "Uh uh-oh and he's like raise your hands and I kind of raised them like I was going to answer a question. He's like, no, you know, hands out, you know, palms in, hands out, knuckles out. And he made me stand there while he pointed at me and told the other kids, those hands made this. <laughs> That's amazing. <laughs> and it felt made me feel like kind of cool, but in a really terrified way.